generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, so we've had six and a half weeks, almost seven weeks of teaching and training and learning and growing and hitting tables and making, I was going to say making beds, <laughs> we're making beds. So my voice is a little harsh from the intensity of prayer and all of that. Breaking tables and fixing chairs, fixing legs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tonight is interactive. We want to be able to give you the opportunity to learn in an interactive setting and to learn not only from me, but from us as the pastorate and the um, board of ministers, but also from brothers and sisters. So I know that typically it's going to look like we are going to be booting, but I want us to, as much as possible, leapfrog over the booting period and just learn and tell us just as we're coming back to back to back to back. As the questions come, if you feel like you want to contribute, you want to add to it, or you have a perspective that could really help people, um, please raise your hand or drop a comment. I'll keep my eye on the on the comment section. Kath is going to do that. So Jake Trust is going to do that. Asked for questions earlier, and I don't think I received any, or that I've received any so far. So please take advantage of this. Um, and don't send your questions silly because it might actually be serving others as well. You know how it is, interactive sessions or maybe conferences and events, where you think you're the only person thinking about it and then somebody literally asks that question and it makes a world of sense to you. So, if that's you, um, don't hide your question. Alright, now for those who might still be feeling some kind of way about Nigeria and where we are, your feelings are valid as long as they're not feelings of suicide, right? God forbid. Um, but your feelings are valid. You felt sacrificed, failed, ignored, overrun, abused, stolen from, and all that. Like I would feel that over. It's not about, it's not primarily about the person you want to win winning. It is about the values, the philosophy, the ideologies. That the real relationship with the discipline person, right? Ideologies and values. And so if that is not being done, um, let me put it this way. If you win with a losing method, you have lost, right? That's what writing down. Let me write that down somewhere. If you win with a, with a losing method, you have actually lost. It's a big L. Yeah. Um, so, this is the deal. Don't get depressed. Don't get overwhelmed. Know that God rules in the affairs of men. Um, God rules in the affairs of men. And so, he has an agenda. He has a plan. Alright, so let's start off with this. What have you learned so far? If you want to speak, you can raise your hand. But if you want to type, that's fine as well. 
before okay, before we go into what happened there, just tell me in one line or one word how has this So I'm just trying to get the DM. Um, so don't, if you see me looking away or looking out for a while, it's possible because someone has sent me a DM. Um, so if you want to remain anonymous as well, um, you can send me a DM. Let's respond quickly. Let's respond quickly. Hit me, hit me, hit me with your questions, with your thoughts. Number one, how has this source been? Type in the comments. Simple. Is it fun, challenging, inspiring, confusing, enlightening, provocative, transformational, mind-stretching? Uh, okay, so PLT says the source has been enlightening and tons of fun. <laughs> Tons of fun, right? Especially last week. <laughs> uh, being a seven series has been exciting and very illuminating. Amazing, love that. <laughs> Besides some of what the artists said, beautiful. Wow, what about Timmy Slam joining in for the first time? Oh my gosh. Benedict, Benedict has been faithful. John Benedict, I'm always excited to see you live at the gatherings and online in the prayer meetings. Let me just give you a big hug. Hug for Benedict. Right. Inspiring and enlightening. Now I know how to handle my home when I get married. Call again. Ibuku says it's been very educative. Uh, Bossy says the source has been very engaging, transformational, enlightening. Okay, welcome to Tammy. Come on, guys. Let's send Tammy hugs. Boom. Hugs, hugs, and claps and smiles. All right. This year has been a lot. Oh, Momo, that's good. Um, yeah, good, 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 good stuff. Where are the men at? I want to see more men. Men, don't forget we have a date from Monday, next week, Monday, all through next week. Amen. I'm going to need you to work with um, admin to help us generate a registration form, possibly on Google Docs for men, because I don't want to just be open-ended. I want people to register. We're going to send attendance. This thing has to be seriously done. Yeah. And I, I'm still looking for an interim partner, call it Man Up, a five-day training series for men who want to maximize their faith, family, something like that. Is that Man Up or Man Hop? H-O-P. Boom. H-O-P. It's a day. H-O-P. It's a day. All right. Again, there are comments on YouTube. 
their baby steps spectacular they are awesome Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay good So now that we've had all these adjectives Let me get people to share What you consider one of the Striking thoughts One of the things that stayed with you Or maybe an illustration or an expression Or an example You know we have quite a number of examples This, this uh, series I use the paper Where I type the paper, the bonding thing Um the Bible girls helped me with an example. They also went all in with the traffic lights and all of that. And then the Atlantis of Sunday. Pastor VG shared about singleness, single and secure. So you can just drop one line or a quote or a, an illustration or a metaphor. Something that you're like, oh wow, this is going to fill you. This is sitting. In fact, I saw you using this or, or this came the way I said about sexuality or marriage or relationships. Let's get it flowing. <clears throat> and many of us remember the bonding aspect, right? The very first one about bonding. Keeping the unity of the spirit. The bond of peace. A critical part of learning is sharing. Engaging. I believe that one of the reasons is this some dry skin on my face? What's going on here? Tell me, excuse me, please. I believe that one of the reasons uh, we've not seen as much fruit in Africa as we ought to have seen, right, is that we engage only the linear dimension of learning. Um, and that means that wait for a preacher, a teacher, a preacher to just talk to us. Now, that can be powerful and that is good, but you need interactive learning because then it allows all of us to share the same truths in different ways. And what that does is that that increases the potential not only for comprehension but also for assimilation and retention. Right, so that's why if you notice, this is what we are doing with us from the very beginning, from the very African barracks days, interaction was woven into our, our teaching style. That was intentionally done because I had done quite some research uh, into how people learn, how people absorb truth, and how transformation works. So don't think this is a waste of time. Like, okay, if I share or if I say something. So let's get it going. All right. Um, okay. This is one from No. Wow. There was a lot of nuggets throughout the series. The traffic light analogy uh, as awesome, I guess you mean is awesome. How traffic lights guide us and they assign right away when to move, stop, and get ready. Beautiful. That was the message Peter's approach on red flags, yellow cards, green lights. Yeah. Okay. Hannah said one of the things that stood out to uh, to me, I guess, in the series is that love is the greatest weapon and strategy. Absolutely true. And as I would say, if God knew there was a better way, He wouldn't have come with the way of love. God. In showing love, literally deployed himself 
and the fact that love is the greatest those three three things died faith hope and love but the greatest of all is love all right uh, Paul said that love helped us make it through this to enjoy our singleness and not see it as a state of loneliness or frustration but enjoy it with the Lord yeah very very good point by the way if you're single and you have not listened to that message please go listen to it it will really give you perspectives on singleness not just on you marrying right not just on you marrying well no right but based on you maximizing the season of your life all right uh says i love pr facebook illustrations and traffic light it created a sort of consciousness yes my relationship marriage is not a joke but understanding that your life absolutely is going to get loose with another person's own you cannot joke with a scene like that solid 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 other things Alright, was there any scripture that slaps you in the face? Unquote. Or any correction that, uh, that you've had to make based on what we've learned so far? Alright, another one that is from the Adina Jews showing off them and their marriage. They taught me to see marriage as something to present to God. Beautiful. We are priests. And kings also have one life you mustn't cross. Good, 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 good stuff. I also recall the illustration where Peter and Sephika and Sanfida were on the floor, beautiful, and one person had to help the other up. Yeah. When the illustration with Peter's face stapled, they were super glued together as mind shifting. It completely changed the way I see relationships around me, taking my friendships more serious. It's so true. Some people lift you when you're down. Are they strong enough? Are they strong enough? Right. Um, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens back to another. Okay, in terms of scriptures. Beautiful. Now, let's begin to get to the questions. Thank you for sharing. You notice something. When you have to share, do you know things that you have to think? It's not just saying transformation happens when you begin to engage truth. Transformation does not happen when you hear truth. Faith comes when you hear truth. Transformation happens when you engage truth and you allow truth to master you. Then the transformation becomes feasible when you deploy truth by faith. Now, for many believers, they only have one third of the equation, that is the hearing. So a lot of faith is spent up. Faith comes, it comes, it comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. But when you begin to muse, that's when the fire burns. David said, I muse within me and the fire burned. When the fire burns, transformation occurs. This is a resonant line churches for years and years, and they still curse people out, and they still feel 
different ballot boxes, they saw a corrupt in collecting figures, right? Because they're not transformed. So they've heard, but they're not changed. So one of the ways in which you engage truth is discussion, conversation, because it forces you to think. And therefore, you notice that most economies are progressive, are based on thinking systems. People think. And most economies that are reactive and re are repressive, people don't really think a lot. And that's why you notice that what's happening in Nigeria is that people are also being compelled to move from emotion to galvanizing emotion behind progressive thoughts. So you notice that the things that are happening right now are not just people shouting, they're also people thinking. People are also thinking. Right? One of the ways you know people are also thinking is of course people are still going to make light of what's happening. But you notice that unlike other times, you're not seeing so many memes yet. <laughs> before, the social media spaces have been flooded with memes. But now people are not really doing that. Why? Because people are thinking. So a lot of believers are not transformed because they are not thinkers. And so you do not be conformed, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your emotions. No. The renewing of your mind. The engagement of thought. So when I ask questions, you are forced to think. So questions are critical tools for transformation. Because questions engage the thought, the, the, the realm of thought. Okay? So, questions. There's a question in my inbox. Let me pick that one first. Yes, and the first question I make, I keep posting it, Charlie. Based on keeping the harmony of the spirit, that was the first message I preached. I've always had a challenge in my family, particularly on my dad's side. I find it hard to do spiritual things with or for them. I don't know if it's because they are way older than me. I didn't grow up with them a lot. They are unspiritual or not Okay, not not born again, but they're unspiritual. Let me say it. They're, they're not spiritual. They're rituals or spirits. They're not the culture of the kingdom. Or that I don't, uh, I didn't grow up with them a lot. They are unspiritual, not, not born again. Or that I don't love them. I believe I do, but I don't connect very well with them. I feel bad. All right. Very honest, very vulnerable, and very uh, transparent. Transparent uh, thoughts. Now, let me just start off by saying that anytime you feel discomfort in your your demeanor or your disposition to anyone or anything, that thing is a transition point. It's a transition point. It does not mean that you are about to reach a point of resolution or you are about to move into a point of expansion. Resolution does not mean that you get what you want out of it, but resolution can also mean that you know you will not get what you want out of it and you are fine okay so in breaking up some relationships you reach a point of resolution this person is never going to change and that's fine this person is never going to apologize to me and that's fine this person is never going to pay me my money back <laughs> that's not fine i'll pay you my money back amen right but discomfort is an invitation to either resolution or expansion now for us as believers for us to transit to expansion, God causes us to confront us. So let me ask you here, is there anybody here who has ever preached on a bus before? You preached on a bus, on an aircraft, on a bike, you preached 
people in a public space. Raise your hand and put that emoji. Anybody like that? Preach. Okay, Danny says yes. Sugar has to be more of us now. Okay, Andy says I have. Beautiful. I'm wondering, are people still on YouTube? Because I can't seem to see comments and questions on YouTube. Only people have preached. Wow. In fact, I feel like giving everybody an assignment. Only one person says, Listen, I, I saw, I have, and so do. Um, Ben said, I preached some Uber drivers. Okay, I have our power. Now, everybody was still on the bus. Hmm? Did you ever experience what I did? My mother earlier days, I did. You know that you're supposed to preach. You can feel the Holy Spirit moving on your heart. You feel that sense of, oh, I preach, speak. But then there is this part of you that pulls you back. There's this part of you that pulls you back, right? Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes not even fear. Most times it's fear. But sometimes not even fear. Sometimes it's you being articulate and trying to put yourself in people's shoes and trying to say, will I not be disturbing the peace? Sometimes you have to speak, but sometimes it's not, you know, it's not fear sometimes. All right? You see, sometimes we have to be watchful on how we label our emotions. Because sometimes what you are naming fear is actually not fear. It's consideration that makes better light. And if you can't note, if you can't name the emotion rightly, you will not use the right weapons against it. Right. So sometimes it's consideration. Sometimes it's fatigue. You're tired. You don't. You don't want because maybe you start preaching, preach energy, and then people are going to be asking you questions and all. Thank you. Now, only one person says almost all the time. So I start with a regular conversation, and once I get their attention, I switch. Beautiful. But let's deal with the the hindrances first. So to the person who asked that question, the first thing is to realize that that feeling is not uncommon. It's not unnatural. Whenever you want to, let's say you've always been known as a chef, let's assume, and you want to now manifest as a prophet or a preacher, you will have that internal restraint, whether it's fear or convenience or comfort, or I'm too used to them seeing me like this for me to now introduce this fact of me. So in when Jesus says, anyone who's going to follow me, let him deny himself and follow me. That sort of denial, many times, we think it's just, okay, don't have sex now, you're not married to. Uh, is your tithe? But no. That sort of denial, many times, is you must be willing to redefine yourself as soon as God introduces a new assignment in a certain space. It also includes that. If, if somebody gets in this now. Exactly. Only one person says, I feel mine as a result of being rejected. So the first thing is, what is that thing? And that thing is, many times, I'm used to being seen in this light. I'm used to, <laughs> I'm used to being seen in this light. Um, I like to use myself as an example because I know myself more than any other person. So one of the major ways I'm able to, to be fluid and to navigate different spaces is I don't consider my reputation so much when it comes to kingdom, when it comes to God, when it comes to assign, to pleasing God. I don't consider my reputation so much. So I can be watchful about how I come across. I can be watchful about 
putting my best foot forward and being excellent, right? But it's never really because I feel like people reject me or I feel bad or if I... It's never really... I think men times I'm actually the last in my consideration of things like that. And I learned that from Jesus. The Bible says that he made himself of no reputation. Reputation means I am a history in a certain field. Therefore, I am watchful to consolidate that history. So anything that looks like I will violate that history, I will not do it. <laughs> reputation should be maintained only as much as it aligns with what God is saying now. Exactly, Daniel, right? Your sister is going to preach. You are bad boys. Go for all you want to tell me. If you are not, you are not disciplined. You won't be my friends, no. Because you know how to do parana. You now think you can become my uh, sides. Hmm? So, with our families as well, it's like those of you who are proud members who are not saved, you have that battle. And that battle is, sometimes it's because they know my weaknesses, they know my secrets, they know how I choose to go at 13, they know how I got tired at 15, so what do I want to prove to them now? So we have to make ourselves of no reputation. That's one. The second thing is for me, when I have difficult conversations to have with people, whether in the difficulty is based on how sensitive it is or how um, the timing of it or my own hesitation, I spend time praying about it and praying for that person. Because a prayer, let me tell you one of the things a prayer does. Prayer projects the priority of heaven. So in prayer, you filter out what is not priority. If you pray about something long enough, you know how urgent it is in the heart of God. Because prayer is rubbing heart with God. When you rub your heart with God, you will know privacy is very important. So let me tell you one of the things I do with my own cousins and my own family members. If we talk and talk and talk, and I feel bad for it, let me tell you one of the things. I learned this a long time ago, but it became real to me in London. I just feel like, oh guys, before we go, can we pray? Oh, let's just say a word of prayer. And there are two major things I've discovered about that. Number one, in London, where there are different Indians, Pakistanis, Iraqis, I don't remember anybody that I engaged in a conversation. There are some weird people that never heard. You're like, oh, no, 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 I don't do that weird stuff. Like, before I talk. But if I'm talking, and I say, can I pray with you? I, I don't remember right now. Maybe it happened, but I don't remember anybody ever rejecting prayer. So even with our family members, you know, our family members even say things like, oh, pray for us, so, so take them up on the offer. Oh, I think we should pray about this. Oh, do you notice this happened? Let's pray about this. Um, I just perceive that our family, this might be happening, let's pray about this. So I've noticed people hardly reject prayer, hardly. And this is the power of prayer. When you move them into your turf in prayer, you have entered into your space. When you pray from unction, your authority is made manifest. So you will either put on the eloquence or the presentation or the power or the provision or the prophetic flow or the word of knowledge or the gift of healing. That will happen. And once that happens, once, two or three times, in fact, next time, nobody wants to call you to say, happiness will, I'm in trouble, come and pray. So powerful, so, so powerful. Before my dad passed, there were four days my dad would, would share with me and say, ah, 
I don't care about it. By the way, my dad is a very spiritual man, very God-filled. <laughs> However, uh, I knew God Church. I went to God Church, was a minister, ordained a minister, and then eventually um, became a preacher. But I noticed that because from when I was very young, God said you must sort of find my soul again. There was an openness um, in that area to the degree that they didn't just see me as their son. Well, you understand, I remember you do this a lot with people all the country. It may be feel embarrassed sometimes, like why don't you? Can't you just go buy something and go? But when I, but then I said to enjoy tears and what a knowledge that will come through. And then I had to learn to do it too, yeah. So, I mean, I think all of us, let's all of us give ourselves an assignment that by Sunday, we have stories and testimonies of people that I walked up to. Say, you know what, my name is XYZ, I do ABC uh, for GOD. Right? Can I just be R-A-Y? Before anyone is going on, can I just go with you? Can I just be R-A-Y? W-I-T-H? Y-O-U. And they're like, you're weird. They're like, why owe you? Why do you want to owe yourself? Why owe you? Come on now. Come on now. Can you even just, you can't even keep me boxed up. Because Christ has given me a new note. So I'm boxed up. Because <laughs> I'm going to just fight to the nations. Come on now. Let me focus. So, <laughs> <laughs> Very sad story. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like this example, right? I want to know how to do the homework by yourself. You know, in the example, everybody's in the classroom. Hey, hey, hey. They're doing the homework. It's not going to be like the X, the Y, but Y and the X with the Z. All right, but I think we get that point. Um, we must be willing to deny ourselves of our former reputation. And so Jesus was a bread multiplier when there to be, a fish catcher when there to be, a water turned to wine guy, prayer guy, carried koboko and flood people. He didn't go like, I'm the nice guy, or he got carried koboko. And I said, who do you think I've lost that anointing? All right, plus you're right. Better go find your own style with a pinch of pigeons if possible. <laughs> Whatever has worked for you in your personal, but just put yourself out there and build confidence in bending, build confidence in walking in your gifts and abilities. All right. I don't think the technologies are on the call because somebody asked a question on Sunday, and I think I can't seem to see the person on the call now, but I think I want the audience to answer this question if they are on the call. So the question was, the person said that, um, HRD, I just said, explain how he deals with um, Mr. Adiyaju whenever he's, you know, in that space. So his question was, how should women handle it? Like, okay, so, you know, sometimes when women are maybe moody or they have, they just want to talk or they go on and on and on. How do we handle that? Can you answer that? Now, how should a woman handle it when you finally see that this guy, maybe he has a weakness or a proclivity or a tendency or a personality thing or nuance of some sort? 
fast will not go and be worked on but over time just like maybe the woman's mood swings as well these things can be we will grow out of them okay but maybe it used to happen 10 times a year and now comes to three times a year <laughs> we have some relief that could also happen for a guy the guy might also have an issue maybe a communication issue or a hygiene issue or people skills issue or uh, anger issues how should the woman particularly if they're married and they can't separate unless we don't advise them to divorce or separate except there's physical violence or intense emotional abuse that begins to affect the mental health right so how should a woman handle that i'm throwing this open i said i can see into that you're on the call i think that has been boys on the call as well okay mr Adeoji, please can you answer this Good evening, good evening, everybody. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Oh, I know if you could. Go try to find you. Seems she was the network. Oh, can you hear me now? Sorry, I think I'm yes. Okay. Um, I think let me be clear on the question. The question is, um, how does a woman deal with um, the husband if he has maybe proclivities or things that um, she she's really worried about or something? Yes. And, and and the change is not coming as fast as she would want or prefer. Okay. Um, I think sometimes that can be very frustrating, and um, it also depends on. Um, um, what the issue is, if if there are things you're very bottom line about, um, it's really concerning. If there are softer issues, there maybe you would. Um, it, I think to answer this question, I think the specifics will really be important. I don't want to be prescriptive. So um, let me give an example. Okay, there's something you're worried about, and there are softer issues. Maybe you discuss them over time. Uh, at the right place, like you told us, that we should know how our husband sticks. At the right time, what time is right for self discussion, not just throwing words in the air and all that. But if you have done it repeatedly and you're not getting results, um, sometimes you may be pray about it, and it's not just a cliche saying pray about it, really pray about it. Because sometimes uh, it's God's son, don't forget, it's your husband, but it's also God's son. Mm. And God has access to him. Sincerely, you need to pray about such things. And um, when you have prayed and you think there's a need for counseling and all that, I will recommend on that um, um, recommend that you maybe speak to your, not maybe speak to your pastors that really concerning things. Because sometimes um, a marriage degenerates where things are not escalated, where they really need to be escalated. And sometimes it's not just the woman that suffers, the children also suffers. So there's a place for that. Do it right. And you should pastor, pray there for things and think that we're feeling it here. Um, for people who are joining us or who may listen to this at other times, and just make sure that you are in a proper place in a proper church with the right leadership it's important it's not just church as church but you have the right leadership like we have in kings it's a safe space and you can always come to pastor and plc on this it's important there's a place for that 
and you know that the kind of silence we talk to come that we don't say I don't subscribe to that. I really don't. I think it's important at some point where you need to refer the issue to somebody who you respect, somebody that has a say and a stake. The person does just does not just have a say but has a stake in your marriage as well and is living for you and interested and wants it to work. It's important. So I think those two things. Pray about it. Discuss it at the right time. Pray about it. But if there's a way to escalate, please escalate. Um, because um, um, it's important. I've had to. I had a. Um, I had a friend who I had to. I think I've discussed with Pastor Gamu before. I had to escalate because it was as if the woman's life was on the line. And it also depends on the kind of person because sometimes. Um, you have been in a lot so long that you don't even know how bad the situation is. That's why escalation is important. The, you know, the, the responsible leadership you speak to, they help you to, they help you with perspective and they help you to situate the issue properly and to resolve it. So I think that's what I'll do. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I really love the different things that you mentioned starting with of bickering about and I think that's so important. It's so important, right? Um, I think that sometimes we talk more about prayer than we actually pray. And sometimes we get tired of praying when we are just beginning to be effective in prayer. I think my, my former wife and I, the few people who are close to us, that say, issues that you have in your marriage, if you have issues in marriage, if you talk, that will resolve them. The only difference is, what kind of talk? The length of the talk. Where do you talk? And to whom do you talk? There's no marriage that is going to be healthy and wholesome without a heavy dose of talking. Problem is most people talk to themselves or talk to social media or talk down on their spouses. But see, if your marriage is, God forbid, if it's driving you crazy, I have to get a therapist. You still have to talk to the therapist. You have to talk to a marriage counselor like PLT. You still have to talk. Right? It's just going to be more expensive talk. If you have to talk to confidants, you still have to talk. So, if there's anything, I will hope we're going to deal with the three uh, legs of marriage, the three major legs of marriage. Those three major legs are communication, money, and sex. Right? CSM, MCS, SCM. Those are three major things. So I want to encourage everybody, please go and learn how to talk. And I know that you are going to be here on a lot on Sunday, but let me say this again. Men have a different communication problem from women. Women, men tend to have, the communication problem men have, rather women have, is that they either talk too much, that's often they make the points, they keep rehearsing it, or they talk too loud, which means they fall in love with emotions larger than the logic, or they talk too loosely, right? Men, again, have a different communication problem. And that is many times what we are thinking. We don't let stakeholders know we are thinking. 
And some of us are not very articulate. And what is articulate? Not only with words, but actually even with emotions, with emotions. You must be able to label your emotions. Yes, anger, this is despair, this is disappointment. Many of us just think that all emotion is fear or anger, right? They think so. So even when it's disappointment, we overrun with anger. You must, we must be able to know that that's something I had to learn at some point. Even though I was not always an emotionally heated person, and thank God, I think many of my children, a lot of my children before I got married, right? So please, let's learn that communication from very, very, very well. Somebody sent a question about, so how do we learn to talk? I'll talk about a couple of things about how to learn to talk. But prayer, very key. If you base your marriage in prayer, God will wash the stains that your hands cannot remove. Let me say that again because that is very powerful. If you base your marriage in prayer, God will wash the stains that you cannot remove. Because let me tell you what, the stains that you can see that you're complaining about are not the only stains your partner has. There are the ones that your eyes can see now and that your marriage has grown big enough to be able to expose. There are stains in that person that will never show up until they start making a billion naira a year. So it's like a balloon, right? It's like a balloon. Somebody send me my key points, please. It's like a balloon. A balloon, you don't know whether it's marked or stained or smudged until you blow it. When you begin to blow, 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 as the bigger it grows, is anybody have seen those balloons that actually have messages in them? words in them but you never see the message until they blow up so certain things don't show until people blow <laughs> okay so if somebody if, if you don't learn how to talk to god and to man you will still end up talking and many times you talk to the wrong people now let me now talk to the aspects of talking to other people as in outsiders please don't wait until you are in a difficult situation before you build relationships that are vertical and horizontal. Respectable, responsible relationships. Right? And sometimes, what those people say or do is that they're not telling you anything new or anything different. What they are Sometimes it could be a venting, venting space or a venting spot. So one, maybe three or four people like that in our, in our own circle, right? And we've only had to do it just once, just once, and to talk to somebody. And incidentally, because it's going to be eyeing me right now, it's just going to be eyeing me right now. Incidentally, what they said, what they said about the issue was what I had said about the issue, Okay. <laughs> But based on where we were, it was important because we were feeling the same thing. But because I guess because it was me saying it, and I didn't demonstrate sufficient understanding of the emotional states of my wife. <laughs> of the emotional state. So the major issue in that particular scenario was I wasn't demonstrating, and that's why I'm talking about communication. I was still going. I was still going logical. I was still going logical, which is fine, which is true. But what my wife really needed at that point was not really whether it's logically right or wrong. It was, do I understand the emotional 
and the occasions. Now, the people we spoke to, the people that we've known for years and years and years, and that we've laughed with, we've watched movies with, we've bought gifts, we've, we know their own vulnerabilities, we know their own challenges, but they're respected, older, more, more mature, right, more exposed in many areas. Do you understand? So sharing with them was now not like one kind of, hey, Caleb, you know, because you have to be careful again. Some people either talk to maturely or, because see, when you expose yourself, when you expose your covenant, let me, let me show you from the Bible. Genesis 15, God told Abraham, cut, present birds, animals, lay them on me. Can you, let me, let me read it so I can give you guys context. I believe it's Genesis 15. I want to show you something. I can see the two or three other questions there, so you are not forgotten. Genesis 15. Let me take it from verse 9. Okay, let me take it from verse 7. Then she said to him, that's God said to Abraham, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Verse 9. So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a cattle dove, and a young pigeon. Then they brought all these to him and put them in two covenants. Covenant two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other. The fact that you have opposing views does not mean you are not members of one body. Because in the covenant that God said Abraham should cut, the parts were, there were two parts of one whole. Opposing views and opposition doesn't mean that person is wrong or that you are wrong. <laughs> Let me say this. Some arguments in marriage are not a function of who's right and who's wrong. Some opposing views in marriage are God's opportunities for us to demonstrate self-sacrifice, sacrifice, empathy, to broaden our scope of intelligence and understanding because we will need to use that beyond our marriage for the assignment and the ministry he has called us to have. Is somebody following this? Now, verse, uh, so he said, each place, each place opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. Verse 11. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. So when your marriage is presented, there will be two different kinds of birds that are interested. The dove, that is the Holy Spirit, those who are symbolic of the Holy Spirit, dove. And in their, in their flight zone, you can also, they can also be eagles. But then there are always the vultures. Who are the vultures? The vultures are those who want to take advantage of your meat as content for their social media posts. The Bible says that Abraham, he drove them away. So in dissecting the animals of your marriage, never expose your marriage to vultures. Never. 
And the day of trouble is not the day of deciding who a vulture is and who a dove is. You must know them long before. Long, long, long before. So cultivate relationships with older people, mentors. In fact, one of, let me tell you, one of the major things I want to challenge the men to do is go and teach the men how to follow. Because men need to follow men for them to become the men God made them to be. And I'm also going to teach the men how to follow me. Because many people are around where they're not following me. <laughs> yeah. Following, they are talkers of follow, followership. Yeah. There are many who admire me, but they're not following me. Many people that love me, but they're not following me. Many people that, that defend me, but they're not following. I'll teach you how to follow. Similarly, in marriages, there are certain models you need to have. Now, those models, you might not have time as an interact, interaction with them from time to time, but you need to know the kind of marriages. So, for example, that couple I spoke about, my wife and I see them as, as new people. They are believers. They're not just, they're not people that are in general, Christian, Christian. We've lived, we've, we've spent time in their home. We've seen their interaction. So, they're not vultures. Uh, our... Uh, differences will not become social media material. <laughs> yeah. So if any of them thing happens, there are two or three couples like that that we can discuss and talk. And oftentimes, it's not just a one-way thing, it's a, a two-way thing. Okay? So thank you so much for uh, that answer, Bimbo. Now, again, like she said, you might need a counselor. And, and clarity is in the house. Now, some of you might be like, oh, I want somebody who's not my pastor. That's also very good. That's also very valid. It's just like some people will be like, I don't want my church member to be my doctor or whatever. It's not, you know, not by fire, by force, but um, there could also be an advantage of having somebody who's in your circle. Also be your coach, your mentor, your therapist, your counselor. There could be an advantage there. So let me take a couple of questions that I saw earlier. There was one about where do we learn how to talk? So I think um, one minute, please. So sorry. Um, I've been a little distracted getting dinner for the boys. So I'm hoping that my question or what I want you to add there hasn't been said already. If it has, please just tell me. I will move. Um, so talking about speaking to third party, um, third parties, counselor, mentors, and the likes. Sound like Natasha. Um. There is, and of course, I fully agree about not exposing your lives to vultures. And I believe I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm on the same page. There's this thing about women needing to speak more than men. In the burying of their soul, it's therapeutic for us. Many times, the men feel either we can sort it out ourselves, or I don't even need. There's no issue here. I don't need to talk. There's nothing wrong with us. We're okay. But the woman is burning up inside. Um, I mean, there are some people who just don't have conflict resolution skills at all. They don't really know what they are doing. But this, in the case where a woman who has tried, she's tried to talk calmly, she's tried to pray, and things are still weighing on her soul, there will be times where she feels the need to bear out maybe what we consider more than necessary. But it's a particular individual that is still a mentor, still a covering, somebody that is trusted, reliable. Of course, even at that, I'm not saying because the person 10 times a month or whatever, but there will be times when she feels the need to onboard him 
more than what we would consider average or even what some people would consider exposing your marriage. So how does she deal with that soul pressure in that time? Is it a case of when it's spoken one, two, three times, I think go on your knees and face the decision you made in the marriage that you chose and figure it out. Because really and truly, even if you talk to the person hundred times, they can't solve it for you. They can't counsel you, but they can't come into your marriage and make it work for you. So at the end of the day, it's still down to you and your spouse. But I just wanted to speak to that place of a woman needing to bear. Because I know there have been some times when I've asked you, and even when I haven't, but there's somebody that we both know that I'm closer to, that I've had to speak to. I mean, not frequently, but you didn't speak to the person. You, you didn't feel like there was any need, but for just for my own peace and sanity, and I did that at the time. But again, it wasn't frequent, but it was more than, you know, both, you weren't there. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. And that person still fits into that. I, I know the person still fits into the category of what, what I had said, right? Let me answer. I like to answer with scripture, so people don't think I'm just doing psychology. Titus chapter 2. Now, that particular person has been in my wife's life for a long time. Since so 2002, and, two, three. Yes, and so let me, let me show you, let me show you, and let me also say this, that person also honors me, right, yeah. in my sleep and on my face. The worry of people who celebrate you but not your spouse, be very, very careful of those kind of people. Be very, very careful, right? Even if they make you feel good, Anybody that consistently honors you, but every time your spouse comes up or shit like the person doesn't exist or they ignore, that is a very major red flag, right? Because the two of you are one. That is the game of the matter. So you can't you can't be somebody's fan in a marriage and not be the other person's fan. If you want to be the other person's AC, you are actually sending the message without knowing you're sending the message. Right? So it's like people that say, I love God, but I don't love the body of Christ. That's I love the earth, I don't love the body. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, so to answer that question, yeah, I can see many women are having like more moments of pain because that person is creating an occasion for separation. That's what the person is doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like going. <laughs> so let's begin generally. Alright, Titus chapter 2. I'll take it from verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Look at that now, verse 2. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate. That is, they can control their mood, their state, their atmosphere. Temperate is the root word for temperature and is an iteration for temper. Temper, temperate, temperature. Right? And temp, which is actually root for temporary, which means that you can temper your emotions when you know that they're temporary. You can regulate temperature because you know that issue is temporary. Okay? So that's a challenge to older men. Sound in faith, sound in love, in patience. Now, verse 3 begins to answer the question. The older women likewise... That they be reverent in behavior, not 
slanderers, not vultures, not people here, listen, not given to much wine. They don't get high, they don't get drunk. Now, what does wine do? Wine injects a dimension of alcohol into the body that the body was not designed to function optimally with in the presence of that amount. Now, wine for the believer may not always be alcohol. It could be social media, it could be movies, it could be talk, it could be juice. In other words, it's saying that older women, don't give yourself to things that intoxicate you because let me tell you what, there are many women that are drunk on gossip. There are many women that are drunk on comparing notes. There are many women who are drunk on analyzing men. I've not got where I'm going. But so that this old woman, what should they be? Teachers of good things, not bad things. Not I, you know, men. If I want to corner a man, time like this, thinking like this, and tell him you don't have money. Never let him know how much money you have. Uh, always act poor. Always act sober. Continue with me. That's not good. He said, teaching good things. Verse 4 that they admonish. The young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet. So, what the older women—I know this is very uncommon, right? The role of older women in the church is to do these things for younger women, which means that this generation of "I'm woke, I don't know anybody," you need at least two or three. Or if you're a man, at least two or three older men in your life. If you're a woman, at least two or three godly, trusted, older women in your life. Now, let me tell you why you need them. You don't need them to be a sounding board. You need them to be a prevention platform. Most of the leaders in my life, I have not repeated their mistakes. You know why? If you are really following people, you will already know what to expect because your journey is similar to theirs. Therefore, you train yourself before the battle rises. So the battle doesn't meet in a place of emotional bankruptcy. It meets in a place of spiritual and intelligent preparation. Because when he's saying what the is somebody following, let me know if this is making sense. Please tell me my key points. We are taking notes. I'm telling you, part of why we have a lot of issues is younger women think, many younger women think that the things you are fighting are new. They're not new. You're not the first person to marry somebody with smelly socks that wears boxers three times back to back. That maybe Smith Central is married but is still watching porn. You're not the first person. <laughs> Alright? But when you happen upon that information or you happen upon that issue, you now feel like your life has collapsed, like you're a failure, you chose the wrong person, calm down. It's because you've not been schooled. Let me give you an example. There are certain expectations I have for kings. There are certain milestones I want us to reach. There are certain places according to my original plan. How will it be like this, that and the other? Those milestones, those business can be very frustrating, particularly when I feel like people have invested in don't seem to be bearing the kind of fruits. But one of the major reasons I'm able to hold it in context is that there are people, there are ministries right now in Nigeria that are massive, they are huge. And I knew some of these people if I was part of 
skin in some of those places. When those ministries were like us, or smaller than us, or less, I don't know whether you can compare productivity in the spirit, I don't know. Less whatever. So in that context, let me know, this one is a marathon, it's a journey. If you're doing what God has said to do, this milestones don't get depressed because you haven't, are you getting what I'm saying? Perspective is power. So, I've not answered the question yet, but I'm over-answering it to let us know what the bigger deal is. Which one do you need to have? The person that bails you out when you hit a brick wall, or the person that teaches you beyond the curriculum? Which one do you really need? It's the one that teaches you beyond the curriculum, so that you now adopt the thinking pattern to be able to solve problems without running to them all the time. And this is the ordinance that God laid. Titus and Timothy, those, those scriptures are for teaching pastors, teaching priests, the, the organizing our spiritual administration and leadership of the church. And it says, in raising women, in sowing women, number one, older women are required. Now, somebody goes, but the announcements is not good to hear us. But there are some issues that are better understood with the passage of time. So you can know something mentally when you are two years married, but it makes more sense when you're married for 10 years. You can know something on paper. Is somebody following that now? You can know something on paper. You know it under the anointing. You can even preach it better than the person that understands it. You can see articulation is not always proof of experience. Not always proof. You can articulate something because you're gifted to. And sometimes people that have experience may not be able to articulate it until you say it and then all of a sudden they're like, oh wow, this is what I've been trying to say all along. So older women are required. It's in the Bible. And it says the way he finds older women, it says they should admonish. Let me tell you what I've done. Please be send me all my two points. And it's another thing. What's admonish? Do you know what admonish is? Do you know what admonish is? To warn. Or reprimand someone firmly. Now, many times when we go to older people, we want them to cite us. <laughs> we want them to affirm us, validate us. There's a place for that too. Please, I'm not saying you have people that always flog you. But admonish is to warn, to reprimand someone firmly, advise or urge one of something to be avoided. What is this place to admonish them to do? Admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Number three, after loving your husband and children, the third responsibility of a woman, according to New Testament teaching, is discretion, to be discreet. What does discreet mean? You know what discretion means? Careful and prudent in one's speech or actions, especially in order to keep something confidential or to avoid embarrassment. Now, I'm not even sure many of you have heard this teaching before, this particular teaching as in this scripture. So, what does that woman do? That one, first of all, needs to study this first. Every woman, study this first. Number two, every woman from now 
don't have two or three women. Thank you. You're poor. Why do I say two or three? Because one of them needs to be your spiritual leader. In this case, PRT. But because of the personal spiritual leader and because of timing and because of this and all that, you may not always be able to get the leaders of the team. But apart from that, the other thing is that because there are other aspects of your life that impact upon you, your emotional health, your mental health, and your marriage. So that could be your finances or your business. So in the business area, you also need a godly woman, a godly person. It does not mean that PLT cannot pray for you or prophesy over you or even minister to you in your business. But you need to have two or three because even the gospel was presented through four eyes, through four people. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, speaking about one Jesus. I heard the same by Bishop Gates about 15 years ago. He said, an intelligent mind is fed by many streams. Let me say, many good streams. Right? So, so that is the first. You need other people so that you don't feel. I mean, the Bible says no temptation is uncommon. No temptation as no temptation has befallen us that is uncommon to man. But God, with each one, will give you a way of escape. Now, He says this is my birthday for your example. So there are certain things that me I'm not bothered about, not because I'm not painful or challenging, but because. I have mentors, I've studied books, I've read things, I've, I've, I've watched documentaries. There's no day that goes by without me learning. Okay? And sometimes I even learn for myself about what I didn't do well the day before, or what I did so great that, hey guy, you're crushing it, keep on going. Right? Now, for the venting space, when you have that woman in your life, chances are that that woman has already laughed at herself in your presence before. So when you laugh about yourself, or when you cry, sometimes you cry, sometimes you will, sometimes you mourn, sometimes you pour out your heart, it becomes easier. It becomes less of a burden. Jesus said to them, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Because servants do not know the thoughts of their master. So when you get into that kind of relationship, then there's more of a friendly, friendly dealing, a friendly approach. And so it's no longer just master to servant. They're so honored, they're so respect, they're so cadence, right? Um, but keeps that circle first. And then, right, okay, PLT is very, very true. That means I've answered the, I've answered the question. <laughs> Let me even tell you, older women, eh, whatever they even share with you, is with discretion. They've not whatever they're telling the husband, the husband used to the husband used to do more. But maturity and experience, there's something called attributed weight of importance. Over how do I put it now? Let me let me see. I'm trying to get all my engineering head. We need to answer more questions. Let me let me show you something. Do you know that the weight of something? Can be affected by the surface area that it's landing on. So, if it has a small surface area, it feels weighty on just that small surface area. But if you have that big load spread over time, over a large surface area, it feels lighter, right? That issue is weighty. But the reason it's weightier, a feeling weightier than it should is that you are defining the entirety of your experience by that one thing. So you are not giving it the spread that it needs to have. I hope that's not too technical. 
think I'm definitely cured from this circle. He said my skin is extremely uh, flavorful. How many people did take Peter James and John? When did he start separating Peter James and John? Was it that day? No. He had already had encounters over time where he had said, uh, Peter James and John, you guys are my guys inside my guys. So when it came to crunch time where he needed to be human and vulnerable, Peter James and John, but let me tell you, what did Peter James and John even do? They flipped. Because there are not many people that will keep themselves awake on top of your matter. <laughs> so do we need to vent? Yes. But what's better than venting is preventing. Right? What's better than venting is preventing. How do you prevent? Gain wisdom from those who have gone ahead. So that you can cultivate the thinking patterns. That don't just, those patterns don't just help you resolve issues. They help you avoid issues or to prevent the issue from becoming an issue and make you vent. And hopefully not you need any ventilator. Friends, the diet is not well and do you want to add to it? It's, it's, it's answered, sir. It's answered. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. We just started the webinar. Thank you so much for the question. Is that admonish young women to love their husbands, love their children to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands? And this is the bottom line. Do you know what the bottom line is? That the word of God may not be blasphemed. In other words, your conduct in marriage has implications on the way the word of God will be received in society. Huge responsibility. Huge. Okay? So somebody asked the question, how do we learn to talk? A number of things. Number one, we learn to talk by watching the ministry of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. We learn to talk that way. The fruit of the Spirit, cultivating that. Number two, we learn to talk by having models. So let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. There were certain things I saw Pastor Paul do or say with or around Pastor Ifai. And it helped me understand certain things better, right? About, you know, that, so if you celebrate your wife in public, it's not just about celebrating your wife in public, there's also the way they argued. When I say argued, they debated. That was not fight. Nobody was fighting. Right? And I could see different personalities. There were certain things that I, can, I can't check about details. But there's domestic responsibilities that were handled and I saw the way it was handled. There are ways I saw philagiotoe speak to Tara casual conversations. Those things leave an impression. My wife will forever talk about Pastor Tyro and Pastor Bimbo Dukoya. In fact, uh, my parents, I did not even know that they had certain differences until after I had grown into old age. Because they never presented certain differences in my presence. I never saw it. None of us ever saw it. <laughs> you know, apart from those of us that stayed uh, for a very long time. So, models are so important. You know why? Because we can have all the flaws, we can have all the, we can have all of that. But uh, models are not inside textbooks. There are no models on Instagram posts. Give them to you. So when those models are boiling, there must be somebody else, flesh and blood, who has embodied mastery that becomes a reference for you when, you know, it's crunch time. So we learn by being exposed to other people. 
we also learn by studying. The Bible says study to be quiet, right? So there are certain things that when I want to talk to my wife about now, I talk to her to her about them differently than the way I would have five years ago. Not because what I'm saying is not longer true, and what I was saying was not true, but because when you can see the truth, that what you are trying to accomplish with the truth doesn't get done. <laughs> right? And I think one of the things that has helped me is to talk to my to talk to myself the way I plan to talk to her and see the way it's sounding to me. Then after talking to myself, I'll now talk to her in my head and in the stage her responses. When you begin to do that, that's the two are now becoming one. That's when see all that kissing and all that hugging is body that are just but when the thinking patterns are now being enmeshed, reason, consideration. Do you understand? Please don't be believing uh, synthetic things without the okay. That's when the killing is now beginning to happen now. That's when the two are becoming one. Alright? Dimela has a question. Dimela, can you go for it? If I've not already asked the question you have in a way or the other. Okay, thank you so much, sir. Um, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, the question I have was um, as a follow-up to a question we had on Sunday. Um, I just got just to clarify. Um, so, um, thank you so much, Auntie Bimbo, and um, um, Engineer Leo Andre for the wonderful session on, on Sunday. So, as a follow-up to that, a couple of questions popped in my head. Um, the first one was, there was, um, there's always been so much emphasis around women evolving and changing, um, which is very valid. And I mean, biologically, mentally, emotionally, and all that. But I just think that, maybe not deliberately, um, but there's not been, I, I, from what I hear a number of times, maybe it's not deliberate. There's usually not so much emphasis on how men also evolve as they grow in responsibility, um, they grow in wisdom, and I mean, they grow in things that they ought to be responsible for being fathers. I mean, being a single person and being a husband requires a different set of skill sets. Being a husband and being a father requires a different set of skill sets. I mean, like our an amazing, an amazing pastor, right? Being a musician plus a pastor plus a author plus an author plus all of these things um, rolled into being a father and being a husband is a whole lot, right? And I'm sure that it's his guilt all these things um, over time and gathered the, um, the wisdom to, to function these capacities. So my question is around how do we ensure that we lay more emphasis on, on men evol men's evolution and also as men, how do we ensure that um, we are very aware of this evolution and we, uh, we grow in capacity to, in, to function effectively um, in all our responsibilities? Very, very good question. Very, very good question. Let me allow Daddy to just help us with that. Is Daddy Ojo on the call, or I am, or Mr. Ojo? Yes, I am. Um, 
myself. I hope you can you can hear me clearly. Yes, sir. Thank you so much um, again uh, for the privilege of having us um, in church on Sunday. Thank you. Um, we consider it a privilege. Uh, before I answer or try to, you know, just give my opinion about what uh, um, has asked, I just want to um, reference uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Um, um, in addition to what you, Pastor has said, you know, answering the last question, that scripture says that um, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That speaks to um, you know structuring your family in such a way that you know uh, I believe so you have mentors, just like Rasdani has said that you can you know default to when issues are bothering on you clearing your mind or having clarity and all of that um comes up don't wait um until such issues come up before you have such men and thanks to pastor Danny has identified you know the things that you have to look for um, in identifying such men and women or families, you know, mentors um, that you can reference when when such occur. Yeah, um, as women evolve, um, men also must evolve. Um, you know, there's that scripture that says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. You know, um, as we grow up, we, of course, of course, maturity must uh, must come up in everything that we do. Um, my only um, focus is that um, you must prioritize your family as you evolve, uh, because uh, the age and time that you and I are in, um, twenty-four hours is no longer enough to do the things that are coming your way. Um, now we add, you know, social media that is on hyperdrive to read. Um, and this generation, I'm not sure there's a way we can separate them from social media, which has become a tool uh, for business, for so many things too. Um, uh, that is a lost battle, uh, trying to say that, you know, we should completely go off social media, uh, but... You know, you can you can handle all of these things by prioritizing um, what is most important under God as a man. And your family, for me, is number one. So as you evolve, um, you need to put that in mind, that your evolution uh, makes you a better person that prioritizes his family, his wife as his primary responsibility, his children. Um, I give an example. All through our lives, we never, never delegated school homes. Mm. Yeah. It was it was a deliberate decision 
um, my wife does, you know, money to night work. It means that, you know, um, because of that, because uh, family and our children are so important to us, I have to evolve in a way that I have to do my own business, for example, so that so that I'm much more in control of my time. Why? Um, I could have picked up a job also that, you know, my wife is uh, there 9 to 5, and I'm also in another location 9 to 5, and then um, probably use money to get somebody to, you know, sit with our children, maybe after school and all sorts of things. But we, we, we took that deliberate decision, um, you know, um, so such that my own evolution means that I have to develop my own business in such a way that I can handle that function. Why? Because that function is very important to us. I take them to school. Um, so oftentimes I'm in the midst of, um, you know, moms. <laughs> you know, when you go to pick, uh, pick them after school and all of that. Um, and for me, because it was a conscious decision that we took, um, it was not strange. You know, it was not strange for me to find myself in that environment. Some men may be uh, a bit uncomfortable, um, but because our priorities are clear to us, and we know the reason why we are doing what we are doing, um, you know, uh, it was not a negative thing at all. You know, so it was an opportunity to interact with my children, uh, pick them, take them to school in the morning, bring them back home, um, you know, do one thing or the other with them. Why money, you know, is not uh, physically available until much later in the day. So what I'm saying in essence is that, yes, it is not only the women that will evolve, men also must evolve, but your evolution must, you must do it in such a way that you, you prioritize what is important to God. Um, you prioritize because you see your evolution is in your control you know uh, you can reinvent yourself based on the priorities that you have established for yourself but I am saying that in your evolution you must prioritize your family uh, don't just pursue career uh, to the detriment of what is important to God because when all is said and done um, you know there are certain things that um, time, you know, when you have not done them at the right time that you ought to have done them, you know, the result will be staring in the, in the face and you will not be able to undo them. You know, I, I have a lot of, um, my wife and I, we, we, we handle some cases now of some children that missed some level of uh, upbringing. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, to go back to undo or to redo is is impossible. So please, yes, men must evolve, but please let it be a conscious one, prioritizing what is important to God. And I place it before every man that is married or every man that intends to marry, please. Your family is very, very important. Let your evolution be so such that your family is prioritized. Thank you. I hope I've answered you know, to some extent, your question. Thank you so much. Oh, oh, so thank you so much, sir. You covered a very important aspect, but I think where he was coming from was not just how do we evolve 
the wife of one of us to go. I think the only one should know what um so for example say a woman is single and then she's going to get into when she becomes pregnant she's going to want to come to an order so the man should be ready and perhaps do some of the changes so for example say a certain assembly the woman coming to the house after six months a year she has to eat my kitchen my living room my children my this my that her body may change after giving birth to a child most women their bodies change some of it are able to return to what it was for others due to genetic or other life factors it's never really back to what it was so the, the man has to keep shifting maybe the woman gets promoted and all of those kind of things or maybe initially the man was even the one that sponsored the child that the child maybe meant for as a child sponsored at the school the husband masters and then now he is the MD of um Ababi International <laughs> sorry he's now the MD of I'm like I'm sorry alright so we, we, we tell guys you have to be patient you have to develop skills how should the woman evolve so let me give an example sir Let's say this, so there are many women that dread marrying pastors, they dread it, for whatever reason, I don't know, we pastors are the best, marry us, those of us who are interested, <laughs> many women dread marrying pastors, or some people dread marrying celebrities, or popular people, um, some women like, I don't want my husband to be public out, or to be richer than XYZ, or you know, all these kind of things, or biases and fears, so I believe the way Daniela is coming from is, if a woman meets a man, this guy is just trying to take bull, keeps to himself, nothing, just doing the nine to five, and then finally comes to marriage, he says, ah, I'm not doing nine to five, I want to kick the bull by the horns, I want to start my own tech company, I want to do my own startup. So that comes with risk, the dimension of audacity that he may not have demonstrated prior to marriage. Maybe someone would do well and never on their projections and to do this. But after that, eventually gets investors that bring him $180 million injection of $50 million is cash with uh, equity in this bank. Right? <laughs> then, three years after that, he feels a call to ministry. Ah! That I will be the chairman of uh, Soft Boys Application uh, devices, <laughs> whatever his company is called. So it's a starting, a starting, a starting. How should a woman handle that experience? I think my wife might actually have a couple of things to, to share. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, good. I hope this is looking like another midnight uh, call again, but I'm enjoying this. It's going, it's going good. Um, a few things, Pidansu could be icing on the cake for us, so maybe even bake another cake and put more icing. But here's what I think, there's something I always say, and I think I said it when I spoke at the traffic light um, message thing. that you don't marry a person for who they are now, but who they can become. That means it's your sole responsibility. It's also why I say that when you're marrying, information alone is not enough. You have to be very discerning about the possibilities of this person, the projections of this person, the capabilities, possibilities about this person's life. 
based on how they are going or based on what God can reveal to you about this person, even beyond what they are saying. So for some people today that are saying, oh, I never want to be a pastor, I never want to do this. And you're looking at the way this person's spiritual life is going. You're hearing the conversations people are saying about this person, like when you go for meetings, I know they go for meetings together, and I know they go for meetings together. Read devotional together, and I know they read devotional together. Sometimes when you do all these things together, and you start hearing and sensing things, even though they are saying never, I can never, I can never, you will just know your own corner crevice of your heart that this is a possibility, right? That's on the one hand. The second point is, I believe, personally, I'm reading from a couple of things I've seen in scripture, that every woman has in her the desire to be led. She, she needs someone, in this case, a male figure, in this case her husband, to look up to, to aspire to. She, she needs, she thrives better in the space where her husband is growing. And it doesn't always necessarily have to be that he is a CEO, he has more this than her. He might only be intellectual, but in this case, evolution. He has more responsibilities, he has more offices, he's more international. It can also be that as well. I think it's even in the woman's interest if your husband is growing. It creates more room for you to grow yourself. And it begins to challenge you that, yes, I'm doing okay where I am and how I am, but there is more. And that's one of the things that happened with Pidams and I. I think I've always been confident, I've always wanted great things, and I was doing fairly okay. But coming into Pidams' space, and me, I'm not, I don't like stress. If I work hard for one week, I feel like I need to rest for two weeks. I, I just don't like stress. But coming into Pidamsi space, seeing how he's growing spiritually, seeing how, I mean, I, I believe I knew there was ministry in us, um, but I didn't know how it would be until I got into it. So now there's ministry, now there's songs, now there's children, now there's speaking, there's TV, and so many other things to come. Pidams is talking about building city. Pidams is talking about having passports. And the woman knows me 15 years ago, please just give me a knife and I was going to be a pole at the back. But now they're thinking about how someone is going to be managing cities. And it's huge, it's a lot. But it makes me believe that because God has given me this man, God sees me as someone who can take care of this city. Oh, no. And that challenges me to grow. That makes me actually excited. And I'm beginning to pray. I'm beginning to harness my own skills and my own victims. And if I realize that I'm here as a helper, God did not make a mistake. So I, I need to receive it with understanding, with humility, with willingness to learn, to grow, to partner with Him, and begin to say, ask questions. Okay, how can we do this? How can we do this? Plan, prepare, strategize. And then number three, the final thing I would say is, and I've written about this before, but as the man is evolving and coming to all these things, please carry your wife along. Let her know. Don't just bring into it and expect her to understand and to follow up. Sometimes we are, we are playing catch-up. You guys get ideas in big droves and you want to go full throttle. Sometimes Pidams comes with the idea. I've been saying something recently. I want to release 40 songs. And me, I'm like, Baba, where are we going to start from? 40 songs. I think we're going to do one a week or something like that. I'm like, how are we going to do this? So sometimes we need to pilot. So for example, this 40 songs, you have started telling me like three months before. 
So I'll be here. Give me like two songs to be listening to per day or something. What, what is what I did now? What is what I did? Uh, yes, I'm not giving you an example. So I said, go and give me 40 songs to listen to in three days. And you feel overwhelmed. And the truth about it is, in as much as a lot of women want to fight and argue and you bring money when I bring the kingdom to you, don't talk to me anyhow. Women are not designed to work as hard as men work generally. Scientifically, it's been proven that the, um, the hormones that men secrete when they work give them more ginger to work. But the hormones we secrete when we overwork makes us stressed out. Oh and so, yes, some women are actually naturally ambitious and go-getters. Well, it's not the most of us. It's not. So the man also needs to learn to pace the woman. Don't choke her in the state and be like, you are not helping. You are not catching the vision. You are not doing this. Allow her to go into it. It's you that saw and understood what you saw and understood. As long as she's a friend, she's willing to be helper, allow her to go into it. So sometimes it might take some time, it can be annoying and frustrating. But trust her, trust God, and trust the process. And she will catch up. Give her a bit and trust that she will because she's not you, she's not like you. But, um, but yeah, give her that, um, I don't know what it is now. Praise her. Yeah, that's it. Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Um, very, very well covered. I'm still going to give Eminem Andrew um, the floor because I, I want to be like a family member and uh, as well. Yeah. I think Peltas uh, actually covered a lot of what I wanted to say um, about um, um, the woman stepping up. But what I really, just one thing I want to add to it is that particularly for Christian ladies, um, I see some sort of laziness. True, as you know, exerted across board, and I've seen there's a way we settle in church that is not commendable, and I think it's something we really need to watch. Particularly if we say God is raising up as kings, and you know, any women, men, and all of that. We have to work to become more. Very important. We have to be work to become more. And I think it was Mike Murdoch I listened to a couple of years ago and said that um um you know that as a man evolves across different seasons of his life, a woman needs to become more as well. And in terms of um of skilling, upgrading our knowledge physically, um, mentally even in our careers and businesses we do, we need to upskill, we need to develop spiritually, intellectually. Very, very, very important. There's a there's a passiveness, a dormancy I've noticed across you know, for for Christian ladies who settle somewhere. Some there's a population of young people who are driven. Um, sometimes even the drive is maybe notoriety to be known, social media buzz and all of that. But the depth where you grow, like the Bible says, you grow, you grow with time, what you bear fruit upward. That's the kind of quote I'm talking. Yes, man. So, and you see, for the generation of um, 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 God's um, generals, God's race, over you know uh, the, the people at the forefront of ministry, the older the fathers of the faith, you know they God. In fact, someone told me one of my uh, big 
one is trailblazing. He said that they were eliminating, I think it was in Ibadan, somehow. God asked a question that this generation of men he was raising, where are the sisters who are going to get married to them? And why are you saying this? I, I volunteer in the children's ministry where we do a, um, a Saturday program for children and all that, 9 to 12. And we run a, a, a play program, I think every Easter and all that. And the parents began to ask us that if we raise these children, we are teaching them about purity, uh, achievements, different things, spirituality, and all that, that where are the men that will marry this? Where are we training the boys as well? So, you know, I look at the many women ministry programs, teaching women and all of that. It's important, but also that the men we've asked them to step up, and we are also telling the women that, see, not things are going to happen very quickly. It's important that we're positioned. It's important that we're comfortable, upgrading ourselves, and allowing it. I think that's what I want to say. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you for that. So women, of course, those women are not here, but I just, I can't pass this, pass up this opportunity. Open of the hour, enlarge your mind, not just your box. Enlarge your mind, not just your box. Um, so in the culture today, everybody wants a bigger box and a bigger box. But, but, <laughs> Enlarge, <laughs> so enlarge, that's, enlarge the right things because the woman must always. I, I love how Purity touched on the scientific aspect of the stress factor, and the Bible already said that before there was science to prove it. The women are the delicate vessel, vessels, Jeremiah plus ten, right? So between uh, Azimbo and Isaiah. And and uh, Piotr says they've covered I don't know almost everything, which means work very very hard. But there's no point of that hard work if not because you're trying to prove a point or you're trying to be Miss Independent. So you're trying to build capacity to be able to deliver to God and to be able to support your husband. Um, and I also like the fact that Azimbo challenged us. That's a big challenge, but I never ever said it that way. But when she was speaking about how Christian women can be lazy, I think that's very challenging. But I started doing a study in my mind and even in casual conversations, I've heard Christian women say things like, I just want to marry somebody and enjoy the baby girl life. Now, it may seem like a joke. It may seem like we're just joking, but could it be possible that there is a seed that has been sown by culture or by desperation um, that is leading us to think that getting married is actually escaping from work. Because that's what you see in desperate housewives, and there's a reason why they're desperate, and they're housewives. Meanwhile, when you read the Proverbs 31 woman, she's actually building a home. She's a divine homemaker, not a desperate housewife. Right? In fact, when you go to Titus chapter 2, that I cited earlier, it says, we discreet, chase, do you know the next thing? Homemakers. Homemakers. So even if the husband is the breadwinner, the woman is a homemaker. Now, a, a person that's the homemaker, a person who spends their time looking after a home, 
and doing housework rather than being employed outside the home to earn less for women. Now, of course, we understand that that does not mean you cannot work outside or that you cannot earn a living, but it's saying that the woman should feel just like um, Angela Diandro has said about the men, that no matter what you evolve, make sure you part your family. And this is important for everybody. At the end of our lives, eh, friends and celebrities are not going to come to the retirement home or to the mansion on a hill. They won't be the ones who come there. It's your children and your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. When you break your last, check out that your greatest Facebook follower right now or Instagram follower may not even be someone until days later. So the home is so important that it needs to consume our resources, but not from a place of carelessness or settle, like I think was said. We shouldn't settle, like I think was said. We should always spread it. Um, and then, but like Pilate said, don't spread to the point of breaking down. Know where your limits are. Let me let me tell you one of the greatest ways to help a man. Growing around for a man is great. That's, that's very important. Say so my hard drive is beautiful. Growing around is good when you're doing legwork, you follow good. But one of the greatest things you can do for a man is to be a cultivator of his peace. Be a peace cultivator, not a problem amplifier. Because atmospheres affect efficiency. And so when you are not the person that brings war. You know that sound bite? I don't want problems. I want peace. That's what the guy said. The guy said he doesn't want peace. He wants problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if, if you can master cultivating that atmosphere, because when that guy, not the, they're not here, those fallen men, when they go to gentlemen's clubs, where those guys are dancing and dancing and turn around and all of that, or they go and sleep with children and all of that. It's not really the things I'm looking for. It's an atmosphere, it's relief, it's peace. Apart from those who are who have problems anyway, like false dysfunctionalities. Um, so, but working on that piece is a little hard. Now, if you've done that, when you, if you've done that, the little effort you are able to do, the little money you're able to add to that project, there's only be all three girls as much as she can. She doesn't do it every time, but she does it very often. If I'm working on anything, a major project, she's going to give me some money. Now, oftentimes, the money is not even the bulk of what I'm doing. But it's a sign of support. It's a sign of attraction. It's a sign of, I can't do that much now. But, and then it's also developed, cultivating this, this attitude of, as I grow, I'll do more. And I understand that we're together. What is yours is mine. What is mine is yours. Yeah. So the reason I, I'm trying to answer questions from a broader perspective is hey, people said I will do both. So hey, sponsor. Who's sponsored me? Come go on, the lion, the lioness is here. Hey, 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 hey. Hallelujah. You have to beg and say, man, receive that. So, but, but this, these are the I like to answer questions in the broad space because if you go with intensity alone and you try it one, two, or three times, it doesn't work, 
you might feel this emotion but if you see the bigger picture like okay let me deal with this thing um so when the amplifier is right the little thing you do is amplify is magnified and the gene will reveal from time to time so you know something i saw a couple of days ago what do you think could do better and all and i told her i love this one you're doing i love that one you're doing she's like, she hasn't told me my own OPLT. come on tell me my own right um but i, I want to see a change here a change there okay i think we're pretty good are we good is everybody happy are we feeling loved are we feeling the family <laughs> okay fbi ah so it's breathing in so what are you what are you've not even inferred anything you're already breathing in but it's good it's good for you in your early 20s to be able to have such such and you just you just you almost become invisible if you follow the right people if you follow the right people for like five to ten years you'll gain traction of like 15 to 20 years because you won't there are many things you know that you will not do a lot of people are saying they're getting something so much wisdom love it there good for copper science it's great yeah and let me tell you when i say follow people um so plt is my wife and that's great i love it but PLT is actually my boyfriend. She is. And at the very beginning of our relationship, I actually said to her that I wanted to mentor her. She thought I was just using comfort later. She thought I wanted to just scope her. But I saw her as mentorable material. And I've mentored her into marriage, into wifedom, into business, into ministry. Mentored her into. <laughs> yes. And so I meant her. That's good. So if you listen to her preach or write or speak, she refers to me often, or sometimes she might not refer to me, but the thinking, the, the philosophy behind it. Right. Um, so seek opportunities to be around people. Don't be, don't be a stalker. Don't be a stalker. Some of my mentors, I don't spend a lot of time with them. Um, physically, in fact, one of my biggest mentors, daily mentors, I've never seen him inside this world. It's called Dr. Miles Miller, right? I've seen him from a distance back then when Pastor Matthew used to bring himself on Mark Murdoch. Yeah. But I, I didn't know how similar our mandates and messages were until someone started telling me, you're a Philip, someone about the kingdom. Then I said, Miles Miller, and read all of, all of his, I've read all the books, many of his books. Um, and then almost weekly, I'm listening to a message of a man who died in 2014. Yeah. So, but seek to interact with, with people who, all right, I think we can close now. Um, PLT, can you lead us in two or three prayers about the LBDSM thing as we close? Hey, Claudius, on your last slide, the day was so great, so I will come back to this. Awesome, awesome.
<laughs> yes, the city heads here are videos that we are talking. Are you able to link to us where you are? Yeah, somebody's a criminal I said earlier about atmosphere affects efficiency. So true. Um, if you're feeling very cold, there are many things you can do that you will not be able to do because the atmosphere is sub zero. Right? So people who have great gifts and great skills, even in marriage, may not be effective in marriage if the atmosphere is cold. Because sometimes if the bed is cold too, puts in the heat in the in the sheets. Oh, that sounds good. Puts in the heat in the sheets. and heat in the sheets. All right. <laughs> uh, Ms. LJ is saying she wrote a mentorship. Yes, Val. I've been mentoring here. I'm sure you always speak about Mrs. Okiti. So I don't think you're bad in, in that area. I think you just need to be um, more more intense in oh, your... I think when Ms. Ocho is talking about another type of mentor. Oh, okay, now... <laughs> okay, be mentor. Okay, God, thank you. I was a little slow on that one, guys. Usually I'm the fastest, but on that particular one. <laughs> I'm not your mentor in that area. And Mr. Kitt is not your mentor in that area. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, I need to leave us in prayer. Just three, two or three prayer points. Nothing. Bonding relationships, sexuality, and yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, "Who goes mental with body?" So I saw the mental comment you posted earlier. I said everything is connected. <laughs> Everybody for the one people I came for. Our country is very interesting. Okay, the boys are aware PLT is. Oh, let's keep PLT a minute. Just yeah, just do a short three to five minute prayer um segment. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pidans. Thank you, everyone, for joining in, engaging, asking questions. Special thanks to Mikasa, PLT, um, Mr. and Mrs. Adair, Julie, Pastor Victoria, you know, everyone who has taught us, led us in the course of this series. Um, very enlightening. All right. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this series. Thank you for your light that has been shared. Thank you for insight. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you, Father, for the good laughs. Lord, we declare and declare that the things that we have learned today, there will be so much a part of us that even if we tried to forget, we would not be able to. Amen. There will so much be a part of us that when 
when matters of relationships come up, matters of marriage come up, it will not be a case of we are being swayed by emotions, we are being swayed by high-sounding doctrines. But we will remember that which we have been taught. Your Holy Spirit will bring back to our remembrance that which we have learned in the name of Jesus. We declare and declare that these words will not stand against us, but they will find manifest expression in our lives. They will come to make our relationships sweeter, better. They will come to make our marriages rock solid. Kingdom sponsored in the name of Jesus. Um, as kings and even everyone connected to us, we are building relationships and marriages that are indeed models for Christ in the mighty name of Jesus. We decree and declare. For our singles, everything that has that has been taught, their eyes are opened, their attention is sharpened, their discernment is sharpened, their value increases in the mighty name of Jesus, spiritually, mentally, physically, all round. They are people of value. They are attractive for all the right reasons in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for wisdom to make the right decisions at the right time with the right people for the right reasons in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare and declare that every scheme and plot of the enemy to lead us astray from all that we have learned is will not work in Jesus' name. In our friendship, in our romantic relationships, we will uphold all that we have learned in Jesus' name. The birds of the air will not come to steal these words out of our lives in Jesus' name. But we do have some fertile ground to grow. And they live 30, 60, 100, 1,000 folds in the name of Jesus. Even if our future siblings in chains, the love, the friendship, the harmony and unity of the Spirit will show in Jesus' name. In our workplaces, all our relationships, the love of God, the patience of God will be seen in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we give you all the glory because we are not in bondage, but we form good bonds that foster spiritual and otherwise growth in our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we date intelligently, we marry wisely. Thank you, Father, because all the benefits, gifts of godly relationships and marriages come to us in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.